Easter Middle Church. I'm Reverend Natalie. I'm your digital minister here at Middle. We are so glad that you've chosen to worship with us. Thank you so much for coming. I'm curious, just tell me in the comments how many of you are wearing your Easter bonnets today. This is what I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have new members, so let's get right into worship. But before we do, we like to take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. Um, Dory Hagler. Maeve McBride. Uh, I'm Sarah Kenevy. And I am Kurt Kenevy. I'm Quentin O'Brien. Eddie Hunter. Christian faith. So my question to you all at home is, what is Easter? What are we talking about today anyway? Put it in the chat. Tell somebody that you're at home with, what do you think Easter is? And I'm wondering if anybody that I'm with has a thought about what Easter is. When, when, um, 
when Jesus rises from the cross. Yeah, that's it. The truth of Easter is that love wins. And though things in the world may look like goodness is not winning, and sometimes actually goodness does die, and it may seem like that love is not winning, the truth of Easter is that love rises again and love wins. Can you all think of a time this past year where it has seemed like love was not winning and goodness was not winning? Um, I think when... Um, a lot of people died from COVID because they were loving. Exactly. This whole past year during COVID, it has seemed like, and it has been, a lot of goodness dying. A lot of people actually died of COVID. Can you all think of anything else that's happened this past year or recently where it seems like love is not winning? That black, when black and Asian lives don't matter. Yes, we have seen a lot of racism and classism and misogyny and things that have shown themselves because of systems that we have allowed to continue and put in place in this world that has made goodness not matter and has made love not always rise. And we know that black and Asian lives do matter, right Levi? So here's another really important truth about Easter Scholar. I want you to listen to this important truth too, okay girl? The other truth about Easter is that since every single one of us have a little bit of God in us, everybody watching at home and everybody here, yep, yeah, boop, me too, then we are called to be Easter people. And so what it means to be an Easter people is that we, every single day, every chance we get, get to make love rise. What? That's right. Isn't that exciting? We get to make love rise. Every opportunity we get, even when things are hard and it seems like love is not rising, we get the chance to do that. I want to tell you about a, a little girl named May. She was about eight years old. Any eight-year-olds here? And May lives in Wuhan, China. And when the coronavirus started to take over her city and her country, May got really, really sad. May looked like this and sat in her room. Can you all see that? She was worried and she didn't know what to do because love looked like it was dying. And then May got an idea. She hung a beautiful rainbow, a sign of love, out her window. Skylar, can you show us the rainbow? And May's rainbow made it all the way around the world. In Brooklyn, in New York, and in Queens, people were hanging rainbows out their window as a sign of love and goodness rising. All because one little girl understood that she could be an Easter person. She could make love rise. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say together, love wins. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. Love, love wins. wins. And now we're going to actually rise up while we say it because we are rising and love wins. Ready? One, two, three. Love, love wins. wins. Happy Easter.
Good morning, church. It's so good to have you with us this Sunday morning on this Easter Sunday morning. We are so glad to welcome you in the church today. Real quick, before we get into announcements I have, there is one thing I must say, which is that you are welcome here with us today. No matter where you come from, no matter where you might find yourself on this virtual worship, you are welcome here today. You are welcome in this movement. You are welcome in this moment. And we are so glad that you are here with us today. Now, a couple quick announcements is that our next new member class is scheduled for next Sunday, April 11th. Again, next Sunday, April 11th. If you want to sign up for that, all you need to do is go to the church's website at middlechurch.org slash join. All right. And you can get all the information you need to join that new members class next Sunday. Also tonight at 7 p.m., just in case you happen to miss our virtual fundraiser on March 25th, we will be rebroadcasting that fundraiser at seven o'clock tonight, encouraging you to watch it, enjoy it, because after tonight, it's going to be gone off all our socials. So make sure you tune in at seven o'clock tonight to watch that rebroadcast. And then also Tuesday, as we lead up to our Revolutionary Love Conference, our very own Pastor Amanda is going to be leading a congregational book read of the book titled White Too Long, The Legacy of White Supremacy in American Christianity. Again, that's going to be in the Tuesdays coming up before our Revolutionary Love Conference. You don't want to miss this book. It's an important read. Reverend Amanda is going to lead us through it brilliantly. Make sure you show up for that as well. And so with that, if you would do me a quick favor and if you would center yourself, Take a deep breath in, exhale out, and I would ask that you would pray with me. And so, God, we want to come to you today on this Easter Sunday with a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude that we have been brought here again to gather, to worship together, to celebrate together, to lament together, to just be church and community together. We ask you, God, that no matter where we might find ourselves in this moment, that you would reach us exactly where we are, that you would lay your hand of grace upon each and every person who just needs a loving touch, that you would take your spirit and wrap it around each and every person who was in need of a loving embrace and remind us that even though we are separated by time and space, your word says that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are with us in the midst. And so we thank you, God, for being with us in this virtual space, being in our midst as we usher ourselves into worship this morning. And I would also ask, church, that you would pray the Lord's Prayer with me in whatever language most resonates with your spirit. And we say together, ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And let the church say together, Amen.
The AAPI community needs your help now more than ever as we are facing an uptick in hate crimes against Asians. Please help us. Please support us. We stand for the Asian community because racism against one is racism against all. Hate doesn't have any color. It doesn't have anything but hate. And we come against hate against any person, especially right now in this time, for Asian Americans. I know how it feels to be um, racially profiled. And so, um, and it doesn't feel good. I had to stick together so we can fight this injustice. My heart feels for Asian violence that's occurring right now is just as it does for violence in my own community and the black community, as it does for violence all over this world, this country. So my heart's with you and I'm looking forward to further communications and ways to support each other. Thank you. It's important for me to be here to support um, Asian community that has been maligned and othered since they s arrived from China and helped start build our country. You're an important part of the economy and the life of New York and that we, we need to show that to you more frequently. I came to this Asian American Pacific Islander rally to support that community. I know that going to a rally is not enough, and I'm counting on my friends to show me what more I can do to defeat racism. Peace, friends. I love you. I just want to say to my cousins and to my wonderful friends that I love all of you very much, and I stand with you always. An attack on our Asian American Pacific Islander siblings is an attack on all of us because every one of us is made in God's divine and holy and perfect image. We need to be active in our peace and loud in our peace. We share the peace of God right now by standing with our Asian American Pacific Islander siblings. May the peace of God be with you.
Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter to you. Does that song make you, like it makes me teary, imagining how quickly our musical team was able to pivot to digital church last year? It just touches me so deeply. I've been thinking a lot about last Easter. It was April 12th, 2020. It was a day after my mom's 83rd birthday and Middle Church had shut down just a month earlier. 24,000 souls had died of COVID. And we thought, wow, that's a lot of dead people. With all the grief caused by COVID-19 then, and just remembering my mom's death three years earlier, I, I gotta tell you, last Easter did not feel so resurrection-like to me. I didn't have that you know, holy triumphant day feeling at all. In fact, I think many of us felt like we were still on Saturday, right? In that liminal space between Good Friday and Easter. And in fact, I said, it felt like a, a Saturday kind of Sunday to me, much to many of your amens. Well, here we are today, a year later. Now it's 554,000 people in our nation dead to COVID not only are social distancing and masking still important so that we can stay healthy, but it leaves us feeling isolated and separated and sad. And if we could gather in our sacred space, 50, 100 at a time, we can't because our building burned down. Maybe it feels a little to you like it's been a Saturday kind of year, like drinking from a, a bitter cup, but maybe also from a fire hydrant of sorrow and suffering? Let us pray. Mm -hmm. 
only want to say If there is a way Take this cup away from me For I don't want to taste its poison Feel it burn me I have changed I'm not as sure as when we started Then I was inspired Now I'm sad and tired Listen, surely I've exceeded Expectations tried for three years Seems like 13 Would you ask as much from any other man But if I die See the saga through And do the things you ask of me Let them hate me Hit me, hurt me Nail me to their tree I want to know I want to know my God I want to know I want to know my God I want to see, I want to see my God. I want to see, I want to see my God. Why I should die? Would I be more noticed than I ever was before? Would the things I've said and done matter anymore? I have to know, I have to know my Lord. I have to know, I have to know my Lord. I have to see, I have to see my Lord I have to see, I have to see my Lord If I die, what will be my reward? If I die, what will be my reward? Now 
I'm sad and tired. After all, I tried for thrills. Seems like 90s. Why then am I scared to finish what I started? What you started? I didn't start it. God, thy will is hard. But you hold every card. I will drink your cup of poison. Nail me to your bones and break me. Lead me, beat me, kill me. Take me now. the words of my mouth, and the meditations of all of our hearts. Acceptable, acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's resurrection story is what's found in the gospel of Mark, the first gospel. In the 16th chapter, verses one through eight, listen now for a word from God in scripture. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, he has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The word of God. Friends, you know this, but there's more than one perspective in the Gospels. Four different narrators, four different points of view, four different slightly different characterizations of Jesus, emphasizing 
what that preacher wanted us to know, what that preacher wanted us to hear. Four resurrection stories. In Mark's gospel, Mark's perspective, Mark's Jesus. Which Jesus is Mark talking about? Which Jesus are we talking about? Are we talking about this Jesus? Or are we talking about this Jesus? There are as many images of Jesus as there are cultures and, and, and races of people. You go to China and you can see a Chinese image of Jesus. You go to Ethiopia or to Rome where the Coptic church is and you can see an Ethiopian looking Jesus. But that white Jesus, that one with the blonde hair and the blue eyes, that's the one that dominates our nation's image of Jesus. In fact, when I was pastoring a church in Trenton, and dared to hang a dreadlocked Jesus on my wall? Guess who didn't like that Jesus? Some of the old black people. They were like, Jesus was not black. They were not ready <laughs> when I said, yes, yes he is. But it's not just the images of Jesus, right? It's not just what he looks like. It's the different theologies of Jesus, the Christologies of Jesus, the ethics of Jesus. It's actually really what we say we believe about Jesus, what we claim to believe about the life of Jesus, the lessons of Jesus, what it means to follow Jesus in the way, to follow Jesus all along the way, to fierce love. And I think it's fair to say that there's no clear consensus in the church about what it means to follow in Jesus's footsteps, to follow along the way, all the way from Bethlehem to the cross. I think it's fair to say that there is no consensus in the church about how to love like Jesus loved, to live like Jesus lived. Our Christian faith can lead to totally different behaviors. For example, do we stand up for justice and protest like this? Or do we protest like this? All the people climbing those walls, all the people breaking their way into the Capitol, most of the people in that insurrection felt that they were following Jesus, that they are being faithful. Folks claiming that Jesus is their mentor, their rabbi, their Lord, their savior, they've made some interesting choices all throughout history. The Crusades, faithful people making a choice about Jesus, torturing Muslims because they don't believe in Jesus. The annihilation of the Jews and the Holocaust, choices made by people who believe that they that they are following Jesus. The coming across the seas to America to take the land from the people who lived here, the doctrine of discovery, the manifest destiny in the name of Jesus by people who believe in Jesus. The rising of the Klan during the time of reconstruction, lynchings, hangings, people on trees like strange fruits in the name of Jesus, 
riding in the cross of Jesus, burning crosses in the name of Jesus, killing black folks, indigenous folks, beating up Chinese folks, stoning gay and trans folks in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to figure out which Jesus they talking about. Which Jesus are they talking about? Today, over Easter brunch, a bunch of folks are gonna be sitting around drinking mimosas and eating Easter rolls and having some ham and some cheese quiche. And they're gonna be thinking, well, if George Floyd just hadn't been sassy, he'd still be alive. Derek Chauvin and his family are likely gonna sit around and have dinner together. And though his wife left him because she knew what time it was, a lot of them, a lot of his friends, a lot of his homies are gonna be thinking, man, you did what you had to do. You did what you're supposed to do. Those people can't be managed unless we take them down. Many families will be sitting around with two proteins on their plate, ham and turkey, and they will not be asking themselves questions about why some people make less than $15 an hour. They will not wonder about why some people won't have any food on the table at all. They won't ask themselves questions about why some women work and work three jobs to pay for their children to live, why women still make $75 five cents on the dollar to men, if they're white, that is, less than that if they're black or brown, they will not ask themselves questions about God's economy while they enjoy their fabulous, well-lived lives, while they thank God for the resurrection and the triumph of new life. I'm just wondering what Jesus they talking about. Let me take us back to Mark for a minute. Remember I said that these four gospel writers have four different perspectives. They have different emphases about the Jesus that they're telling us about. John's Jesus knows all the things. It's like he knows, Jesus be knowing stuff in John's gospel, has the sense of who he is and what his purpose is. Luke's Jesus is all about the women and the children and putting the people on the margins in the middle. Matthew really wants us to understand that Jesus is the Messiah that has been prophesied from the Hebrew scriptures. And so he's always saying, as it was said, as it was said. And for Mark's Jesus, there's a sense of immediacy. This first gospel is like terse and quick and short. You can read the whole thing in an hour. Jesus is on the move, calling us into action, calling us into life. And in the end, this Mark who doesn't tell us anything about nativity, doesn't say that much about resurrection. In fact, though a couple of times in the scripture, Jesus foretells this rising from the dead in three days, when you get to the end of the oldest manuscripts of Mark's gospel, there are no words, no words about encountering a brought back to life Jesus. The women see the empty tomb, look through the rolled away stone place, look through the opening, see a young man, an angel, 
speaking to them about Jesus not being there. And it, they are told, you're looking for Jesus and he is not here. He has been raised. This is such a startling thing to them, such a frightening, awe-inspiring thing to them that they run away terrified. They say nothing. They leave the stage empty and they don't speak. Now, to be sure, eventually the story gets told. That's why we know it. But Mark leaves us holding the bag, if you will. He leaves us with a cliffhanger, the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers, if you will. Ain't nothing happening. It's just, it's just emptiness. There's no calling of Mary's name and she turning because Jesus recognizes her and she's confused and then finally recognizes him. There's no road to Emmaus conversation between two disciples who then find themselves talking to Jesus and are surprised as Jesus. No, there's no touching of wounds. There's no discovery. There's no walking through the wall in the upper room and my goodness, here he is. There's no fish served on the Sea of Galilee, proof texting that Jesus is alive. It's just, he has been raised. He is not here. He is not entombed in this quick, hasty made grave by Joseph of Arimathea. He is not here in hell. He is not here trapped in empire culture. He is not here bound by your fear or the fear of others. He is not here. Jesus is not here on this Renaissance painting. He is not here in the Pieta looking helpless and soft. He is not in your blonde and blue eyed pictures. Heck, he's not even in the dreadlock painting on my wall in Trenton. He has been raised. He has been resurrected. He has been raised. Anastasis, it says in the Greek. He has been lifted up. He is standing up. He is standing up against the powers and principalities. He is standing outside of the expectations of culture, his culture and our culture. He is not here in our small minds. He is not here in our fanny packs or pockets. He is not a talisman or a rabbit's foot. He has been raised. He is heaven bound. He is not with us in the space of our limited imaginations to make a reign of God on earth. He is the reign of God on earth. That's the Jesus I'm talking about. It's easy to come here year after year and to sing Jesus Christ is risen today and to live still as though we serve a dead Messiah hanging on a cross, to live still as though God isn't God all day, every day, all the time, to live as though the raised one didn't rise up to raise all of us, to get all of us to rise up, all of us, each of us, to stand up for what is love, to stand up for what is right, to stand up for the holy, to stand up for God's vision of a healed and whole world. We don't get 
any of us to sit at our tables and crack open Easter eggs without having our hearts cracked open for the suffering and the left out and the downtrodden. We don't get to, any of us, sing about the triumphant holy day without imagining that every day we're asked to be holy, holy, holy. In the spaces where we're frightened, holy. In the spaces where we've lost our vision for truth, holy. In the spaces where we think we don't want to cause trouble, holy, get into some good holy trouble. In the name of the resurrected one. It isn't a philosophical resurrection. It isn't an ethereal resurrection. It isn't this text, this story, asking us to believe in dead men walking. This story is asking us not to be dead ourselves, not to live dead lives, not to live with dead hope, not to live with dead expectations, not to live with dead, dying, oppressive systems, but instead to rise up ourselves and insist on a culture that represents God's reign on earth. Insist on justice for trans and queer people. Insist on an economy that feeds the poorest of us. Insist on immigration laws that take care of the immigrants because we follow an immigrant along the way. To insist that women be believed about their bodies and they have the right to make choices of their bodies, to insist that we care for the ultimate mother, which is Mother Earth. It is our job to live as though we are the resurrection, as though we are the anastasis of God. The Jesus I'm talking about is the one that makes us get in the streets. The Jesus I'm talking about is the one that made us write hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of postcards to drive love into our election process. The Jesus I'm talking about takes mommies and daddies and their little kids out in the world to live as though love wins because it will when we live that way. The Jesus I'm talking about is the one that challenges us not only to do this love and justice in the streets, but in the hardest place of all, which is in our intimate relationships. Come on, people, let's be honest. It's easier for me to pick up a sign and go protest than it is sometimes to tell the people I'm closest to that hurts me when you do that. I'm offended when you say that. I think that's kind of wrong when you do that. We don't want to judge, we don't want to cause trouble, we don't want to offend, and we don't want to stand outside of comfort. The Jesus I'm talking about got uncomfortable enough to get up on a tree and die. To die for what he stood for. To die for what he believed in. To die for his father's, our father's, our mother's plan for the world, the boule of the world, to turn into God's full intention. I'm not asking you to get on a cross, but I'm inviting you 
to get in the game. I'm reminding you, you are the body of the Jesus I'm talking about. You are the hands, the feet, the heartbeat of the Jesus I'm talking about. God is resurrected in you. Love is resurrected in you. Light is resurrected in you. Peace is resurrected in you. Rise up and be God's hands and feet and heartbeat on this earth because that is our calling. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the resurrection people. I believe in resurrection because I believe in you. You're what I'm talking about. Come on, people. Let's live a life, a resurrection life that heals our souls and the world. That other Jesus, that I don't do justice Jesus, that I'm of the empire Jesus, that division is meant to be Jesus, that violent kill the people Jesus, that racist white supremacist Jesus needs to stay in the grave. So we can rise up in love. Amen. you walked in the joint I could tell you were a man of distinction real big spender good looking so refined wouldn't you like to know what's going on in my mind let me get right to the point I don't pop my cork for every man I see and big to have fun, fun, fun. How's about a few laughs, laughs, laughs? I could show you a good time. Let me show you a good time. The minute you walked in the joint, I could see you were a man of distinction, a real big spender. Good looking, so refined. Wouldn't you like to know what's going on? So let me get right to the point I don't pop my cork for every guy I see
Did you all just see that musical number? The fierceness, the irreverence, the talent, the pure sass. These folks work at a church? Consider my jaw dropped by the pure love and life emanating from the middle staff. I'm Kaliswa and I am a middle member. I had the chance to do some part-time work on the digital team and I am here to spill the tea on the crazy, sassy people that you just saw in Big Spender. The truth is, they are just as giving, loving, and committed to the movement behind the scenes as they are when you see them here each week. If you feel just love emanating through your screen, it's because the people who build programming and worship truly are full of love as they plan the worship, the justice work, the education, and the community organizing that make middle, middle. The staff at Middle Church is like that. They are playful, dedicated, smart, irreverent, committed to just love and all they do. The staff work with us to make it happen. And honestly, you and I power not only much needed programs like Cancel Rent, we power the staff. And with all the things they juggle from organizing protests to planning conference to dealing with a literal fire, they could use our support. Middle needs our support. And there are three ways to make this movement flourish. Join us, it's easy. Go to middlechurch.org slash join and boom, you are part of us. Donate to our ministry and programs at middlechurch.org slash donate. And tonight we will be broadcasting our March to Rise show at 7 p.m. Invite your networks to come, pay as they can, and help us rise from the ashes. Thank you. Oh, fun fact. Your senior minister, Jackie Lewis, is like a literal inexhaustible energizer bunny, but when her blood sugar gets low, you'll often find her digging out a payday candy bar from her bag. It's like her sweet treat of choice. So I guess you could say that this movement is powered by love and Jackie is powered by candy bars and love. So feel free to send her both. I better go before I get in trouble. <laughs> Bye you all. <laughs>
Let us pray. God, we want to come to you right now with a spirit of thanksgiving for all of the gifts that are in this community on today. Thank you, God, for the time, the talents, and the treasures that have been graciously given in this community and that here in this church is fertile ground so that any seed that is sown will be able to take root and, and create an increase of 30, 60, and 90-fold. Bless this church and all the people in it. In your name we pray. Amen. we may see aright the Lord and raise eternal of resurrection light and listening to his accents may hear so calm and plain his own My goodness, we have some church up in here today. Thank you so much, music family. Thank you, artists. Thank you, all of you, for making this Resurrection Day what it is. You know, the resurrection is true and real because we. Go. Okay, wait. We're gonna we're gonna do the blessing and we'll go. Ready? Okay, is ready to do this blessing. Um, it's real and good because we because we rise up together and stand up for good in the private spaces and on the streets. And Ophelia and I want to bless you in this way. May the God of new life, may the God of love, may the God of peace wrap her arms around you and show you resurrection every day. May you be peace in the world. Uh -huh. Say peace. Say peace. 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 Happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> she got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Okay. Bye-bye. I got to go. She got to go. Bye, everybody. Bye. Happy Easter, everyone! <laughs>
Easter blessings in private and in person. You are the resurrection. That's all, folks. Gotta go. Ha <laughs> ha.